everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm here as Carolyn April, usually, and um, Seth Robinson, my good colleague, is here with me as well. Hi, Seth. Hi, I'm here as myself uh, again today. So, how oh, are you? you're not impersonating somebody today? Um, uh, not purposefully. So. Yeah, <laughs> I try. So, you dropped your son off at college this week. Yeah. So, that's exciting. Yeah, big week. It's been an exhausting week. So, yeah, school started. I drove him over, got him dropped off, and came back. And then, uh, you know, thought it was going to be, you know, coasting for the rest of the way. And then had a sick kid here last night. So, you know, early, early wake up and running on fumes a little bit. But I mean, gosh, nothing will stop the volley podcast, right? So, <laughs> nothing stops the volley podcast. And I get the stomach bug thing. Yeah. Been there, done that many yeah. times as yeah. you have, yes. No fun, but usually really quick. And that's yeah. it. With, I think so. I think we're uh heading towards the end here. So that's good. Yeah. Well, an odd segue then to talk about stomach bugs and our guest and topic for the day, which is um food and technology. And yeah. I'm so excited because we have a guest uh who is an assistant professor at Johnson and Wales wonderful culinary school, uh, formerly has been an executive chef at various restaurants in DC and in Boston, and is the father of three and just happens to be my cousin. So uh, I want to welcome Matt Britt. Matt. Oh my God. Thank, I, I heard you guys talking about running on fumes. I have two uh, newborn twins under uh, four months. So I live in fumes. Yeah. Right <laughs> Plus your two-year-old. Clearly. Yeah, plus the two and a half year old. So she's, uh, you know, it's amazing how, how quickly they step up to take, you know, take over some of the childcare. Yeah. Yeah. You get her changing diapers and all that good. Oh, yeah. Too. yeah she, she rocks the chair. It's great. Yep. Yeah, as as great as it may be, Carolyn and I are on the, the other end of things, so I don't think either one of us would uh, switch places with you. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's, you know. it's all good. It's all, all good. good. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about. Um, the culinary industry, food, and well, not necessarily food, in, 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 although I'd love to talk about food, food, um, but and technology. And uh, when I first approached you about this, Matt, I thought, is this really an idea? Like how much technology is used in the culinary industry? And it turns out a heck of a lot. And, and so from a high level, can you kind of describe um, a little bit about how that, the, the use of tech, um, really intersects with the industry that you're in. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, so you're right, and you said you want to talk about food, and, and oftentimes, the food, you know, what people go out to to get is is it usually overshadows anything else that happens within the restaurant. And you know, they don't go out because they hear a restaurant is using a new digital menu, or they or the kitchens, you know, using technology to maybe enhance their food. Although there is some of that, but mostly the food kind of takes over. But, you know, where technology is always, you know, at least in my lifetime, ha has been in the food system, it's been sort of behind the scenes or it's been more logistical or, you know, in more recent years, more based on connectivity. Um, it's about engaging more diners and about facilitating a better, better dining experience for those who come in for that, for that food. So, um, you know, the, the intersection, it's really about, you know, making it a better experience and making it more convenient uh, specifically, as I refer to like, you know, American diners and stuff, we want things quick, we want it cheap, we want it easy, we want it good. So those things are really important. So that's really where technology uh, is aimed at, at, at serving solutions for. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting description. Um, you know, we, we've done a few of these podcasts now this year, uh, intersecting technology in different industries. And this is this is the third one. And, uh, you know, Carolyn and I have had, you know, many meals together. We both love to eat. Uh, we've got stories <laughs> that we could tell, you know, the chicken wing story, Carolyn, that's going to be for another day. But, uh, you know, there's, there's so much going on. And like you described, Matt, a lot of it's behind the scenes, but it's coming to the forefront as well. And in, in certain places, you don't want it to to be part of the experience. I think I think at, at the at the upper end, you know, maybe, you know, as time goes on, technology, you know, can get incorporated there so that you can learn what you're what you're eating and, and learn more about it. But, you know, on on some of the more convenient end, like you were talking about, I, I think there there is a lot more usage, you know, for the for the customer to put in their order, you know, interact, you know, do, do whatever, and, and maybe it makes it more convenient. I think so much of it depends on on the restaurant, but then like you were saying, there's, there's so much of it on, on the back end that's probably transparent to anyone that would, that would come in for a dining experience. Um, what, where is your experience mostly? Have you, have you seen you know, a lot of the changes on, on the front end or have you seen more of the changes on the back end? So, I mean, my, my, my career has been in the back. So I think all, most of the stuff that I've had my hands on back when I was working as a chef, uh, I've been teaching now for about six years. So back when I was in the kitchens, most of it was, you know, I interfaced with it at, at, from, a, from a chef standpoint, but how can I cook faster? How can I cook more cost effectively? And how can technology benefit me in that way? Um, from a front of the house point of view, you know, there has been a constant evolution, you know, in the past 30, 40 years, sort of to move restaurants into a more digital format. And this has never really been a huge priority for every restaurant to, you know, engage in because, you know, restaurants have been able to do their own thing until maybe COVID. And now every restaurant has to do a digital menu, has to have contactless, maybe, you know, prepaying and all those sort of, again, connectivity, operational, logist logistical elements that, um, that make it an easier format. From a back of the house standpoint, I mean, I've always been really fascinated with how equipment has evolved, you know, to make your life easier. You know, I look at like ovens today that can, you know, cook, cool, reheat food all for you without actually having to remove it from the oven. And I think that that's something that, you know, 40 years ago would blow chefs' minds. They, you know, have 14 different people doing one job. Now it's one person pushing 14 buttons. And I think that that's sort of where the, the paradigm has shifted. I love that. I want one of those ovens. Yeah, they're like forty thousand dollars. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, I leave food in the oven accidentally sometimes, so it might be next morning. Press one of those buttons and fire it back up. But yeah, these ovens will tell you like you can put something like a probe in it. And it'll tell you it'll it'll bring a really loud noise when your uh, when your foods hit the right temperature, so you don't overcook it. So it's pretty cool. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm going to play a little contrarian on you, Matt, and say, you know, so we've moved during COVID especially, and we can talk specifically about how that's impacted us, because since we've been able to go back out and go to restaurants, you know, I, I'm using my, you know, my phone to take the picture of the barcode thing to get the menu and all of that. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, even pre-COVID, when I was traveling a lot through airports, you just see, it's just little like tablets where people are ordering their food and there's almost zero interaction with uh, a server other than them to put the food in front of you. And that's pretty much it. It's like, you want another drink, press a button, you want this. Um, from your point of view, 
uh, and you can argue both sides if you want, has this been a good thing or a bad thing when you think about the dining experience overall? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, so Carolyn and, and I'm sure Seth as well, I mean, we grew up in a time of like continental dining where people went out, they had long meals, they had printed menus, they had servers. It was a very Americanized dining format. And I'm not saying that other parts of the world had have moved to away from that quicker, but, you know, I feel like the trend of, of very prompt, very quick service, you know, is, is more prominent elsewhere. And we're finally kind of catching up to it. So whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I think that it's, it, it, it's a good thing from a convenience standpoint in the sense that, you know, we don't always need those sort of long drawn out meals. We don't always want to interact with the server who, you know, we all have been in a situation where something gets lost in translation, whether that's a kitchen issue or a server issue. So sometimes that technology, um, you know, format can help streamline and ensure accuracy, which I think is a really um, sort of hidden thing that we, we, we appreciate but don't always celebrate. Um, I personally like live in nostalgia. I long for old days and I like menus and I like really long services. But I also think that, you know, there's a dated element to that. I think that, like, you know, oftentimes, especially in food, you know, we look to the past as it was better. I think that that's not always the case. I think it was just different. It was the time and it was um, probably right to evolve. Uh, I think that, you know, the idea of using your phone as an interface, I mean, you said it too. I have mine on, you know, on the table right here. I have gone out to restaurants even before COVID and I would have my phone on the table, which is a huge like sort of no, no from etiquette. But I think that, you know, whether it be to research, you know, maybe something about the chef or to use the flashlight or to maybe now scan the menu, this is sort of where we live now. So I think that it's better to embrace it. Yeah, I, I feel that too. And I, I think that this uh, ties into a discussion that Carolyn and I have had in the past, um, and especially the past year about technology opening up opportunities, you know, so it's not necessarily driving everything in one way. And I think for the consumer, the consumer now can start to have a lot more choice. And so like you were describing that, like if, if somebody needs a quick meal and they want to order ahead and they want to pick it up when they get there, or if they even want to go into a restaurant, but they still want it to be quick, you know, that might start to become certain types of restaurants where they, where, you know, I can go in here and I can make it quick. And then sometimes you might want a different experience and you would say, I'm going to go to this type of restaurant where it's not going to be quick and technology, if it's there, is going to be transparent. It's going to be in the background. I'm not even going to see it. Um, and and I think for the, the restaurant side of things, that sort of pushes them to be intentional about, you know, who they're going to be. You know, are we going to put the tablets out there? Are we going to make this quick for people or do we want to lean into making it more of an experience uh, and, and try to create a brand in that way. Uh, so, so I'm interested to see how that plays out in the future. I think even for myself over the past year, I've kind of felt myself maybe differentiating between those two modes and thinking like, okay, I want something quick. And so I hope that they've got, you know, their menu online and everything versus I, I can't wait until everything is safe again and I can go in and sit down and enjoy a meal. Um, Right. You know, in in a way that uh, that you know doesn't really rely on technology, but might be enhanced by technology. Yeah, I mean, it, so I think more people are moving towards having a quick option, right? So I, I understand that 
not all restaurants are conducive for, you know, quick service, tablets, QR codes, all that stuff. But even during COVID, like you saw like a lot of fine dining restaurants, like I think about Alinea in Chicago, in Chicago, Carolyn, you love Chicago. Um, you know, they were a exclusive restaurant that had very limited seating. It was very exclusive, very reserved, and it was very costly. But during COVID, they transformed uh, to offer a takeout menu that was way more affordable, way more inclusive, and they actually tripled their sales for the year. So I think that, you know, whether they initially embedded it in their business model when they you know conceived their concept, restaurants are being forced to embrace what people want. And whether you want, you know, really high end or really casual food, people want good food quick. So I think that, you know, chefs, restaurateurs, the food industry as a whole are all are all taking um, steps to move in that direction, some quicker than others. It's funny that you mentioned Alinea. Uh, I had eaten there pre-pandemic and during uh, COVID, we actually did the takeout from them twice. And, and I was wondering yeah. how was this going for them? Uh, so I'm Great. glad that you were able to to report on that. Uh, and, and for me, I live pretty far outside the city. And so ultimately it didn't quite work out, you know, to drive in, pick it up, drive back and then do the reheating and everything, you know, here at home, it was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna wait, I think until I can go back in. But I mean, every time I went, there was a line down the block waiting to get their pickup order. So um, yeah. obviously it worked. I yeah. remember when you, I remember when you went and did the sit down for what was that your 40th birthday? That yeah. was sort of, yeah, that's great. So Matt, Matt, I wanted to ask you, you know, who makes the tech decisions, like the purchasing decisions within the typical restaurant? Right. So, I mean, I think that's, that's definitely at the higher level. I mean, I think whether it's, a, you know, it depends on the size of the restaurant. If it's small, like, you know, mom and pop restaurant, it might be like, you know, the chef owner, the people that are, you know, running the business at the local level. If it's sort of a, you know, larger chain, I'm sure there's a board that can help make those decisions based on, I'm sure, you know, surveys and, and research that they conduct based on, you know, their own, um, you know, initiative. I think that, you know, the whatever decision is being made has to fit the model, right? So, you know, I look at QR codes and I look at like, you know, tablets and, you know, online kitchen boards, which are those screens in the kitchen where, you know, cooks now just touch a button. They don't have to deal with paper tickets. That might all not always work in a small, like really individual restaurant. So I think that whatever technology decisions are being made, it's important for whoever is doing that to really understand their their audience, their their guest, their market, and to not kind of go too far outside their comfort zone. It's good to to be innovative. It's good to keep your finger on the pulse, but not to go too far. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's um, very similar to how we evaluate the, the types of technology companies that we work with. And some are many are very small and the way that they do business is so different than the larger companies that can afford to do things in a very different way. Yeah. Um, one uh, kind of dovetail with that is um, tech savvy, like knowing technology. How important is that now to getting hired in the culinary, in the restaurant business, in the food industry? You know, so it's kind of, it is important, although it's not, you know, a prerequisite to getting a job. And this, the reason for that is because I think we're, I think we're still in this, you know, world where the people that are making those decisions or that are running restaurants or at the top, uh, you know, might not be, you know, I don't like the word uh, digital immigrant, digital native. I don't know if that's really the a best word for that, but I think that those people that are making those decisions might not be as open or as 
familiar with technology. Therefore, they might not value that skill set. But I mean, I think people that are going into the industry, the people that were teaching at Johnson and Wales and that are being trained, you know, they're they're very much in technology and they've been born with it and they are aware of it and they're more familiar with how to use it. So I think bringing that skill set, not only it will give you an advantage, maybe not immediately, but down the road, because as restaurants, as the food service industry continues to evolve, they're going to want to promote people that have that sort of soft skill, that know how on on maybe not necessarily how to use a specific technology, but how to um, approach incorporating new technology, be it whatever, into their business. So I think that it doesn't necessarily secure you the best job immediately, but it'll get you a more, uh, you know, long-term career path down the road. Got it. And Matt, to switch gears a little bit, I know we were talking earlier about within the restaurant itself, front of the house, back of the house, you know, how technology might be used. And I, I was wondering to go beyond that, like into the the supply chain, you know, coming into the kitchen, have you seen technology, you know, help that so that people know uh, a little bit more about where their food is coming from, or it helps them reach into different markets to get food? Uh, you know, how, how has that whole supply chain thing been changed with technology? Yeah, so I mean, so there's two things there. So number one, accessibility. I mean, it's, it's sort of a bad technology reference, but the internet, I mean, the web has made everything more accessible, right? And I think that food has become more transparent. And I think that people are more aware, not only from a diner, but also from a from a you know industry worker about what is going on within the food system. I mean, there's been way more light shed on how broken the food system is in the last 20 years than probably in the pr- previous 200. There, that being said, I think that the technology that's being used as an interface to connect, you know, let's say chefs and suppliers and then suppliers and farmers is moving rapidly. Uh, I, when I started in the restaurant every night, we actually had to call uh, vendors and leave messages on answering machines. And then in the morning, the chef in the morning would get a call back and they would read the order back and then it would come maybe around three o'clock in the afternoon. Now orders are placed via an app, via online, middle of the day, and they can arrive either that same day, like think about the Amazon same day model, you know, or early the next morning, which gives, you know, it gives restaurants the ability to order more fresh ingredients and and, uh, sort of rotate their inventory more frequently, which provides a better guest experience. That's pretty cool. So I thought I'd wrap here because we're reading about our our time with a personal question for you, Matt, about um, I've followed you throughout your whole career, uh, obviously. And, um, you know, what's the biggest tech change you've seen since the day you started as a young line cook at uh, Michael Timothy's, I believe, in, (laughs) in New Hampshire and where you are today? Right. Yeah. I mean, so from it's kind of a two sided answer. So from from the, the environment in which I worked, I think just, you know, sort of the the equipment used to, you know, disseminate information from the guest to the kitchen, whether it be computers, printed tickets. You know, again, I started out with people, you know, every morning they would rip up the previous night menu and they would use the back of the menu to write the orders on. And that was, you know, it was written in shorthand and it was it was handed to the cook. There was huge opportunity for mistakes. So whether it's just sort of simple stuff like that, which again, is sort of behind the scenes and, and people take it for granted, it has made working in a restaurant way more 
easy because there's, you know, certain variables that have been taken out of the cook's responsibility and, and, and therefore less likely to mess up. From my standpoint, and again, I think this goes back to like accessibility, connectivity, it's so much easier to get information now. And, you know, even towards the end of when I was working in restaurants in DC, you know, and, and before I started teaching and now in teaching, like the information that is available to people that want to learn about food, whether it be how to make a mayonnaise or how to understand where your you know pork comes from or, or, or whatnot. I think it's just way more available, but with that becomes a lot of challenges. And this is where, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, in the education arena is trying to, you know, teach people how to decipher, you know, what is valuable information and really what is um, stuff they want to avoid. You know, the idea of, you know, students or, or people that are curious about learning how to do food or people that are working in the food industry, you know, using cookbooks or, or, or it is, is so far in the past. I mean, it's just, it's so much more accessible. And I think that that comes in a variety of formats, be it social media, be it whatever. Um, it's just easier to learn more stuff. If I wanted to learn how to make a certain type of bread and I'm not trained as a baker, I can just Google it. And it's like, I can at least have an idea of where I need to go and, and, and figure out, you know, what next steps are there rather than going down to a library, buying a book, which I think, you know, I encourage we should still do, but I think that there's a, there's a challenge um, or there's more accessibility um, in, in finding information. I think a lot of people learned how to bake bread during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Seth, anything else you want to wrap up with? I want to give uh, uh, Matt's podcast a plug, but um, I'll leave the floor to you if you have anything else. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to do too. Uh, just you know, to, okay. to say that this has been a really fun conversation. I would say coming out of of the pandemic, you know, when whenever we finally get to the other end of it, one of the things that I've missed the most is is going out to eat uh, at a really nice place. Um, yeah. you know, I, I've been pretty content, you know, just grabbing food, you know, from the local places and, and bringing it back here. But you know, going and sitting down at uh, at a really nice dinner, you know, with some friends uh, is, is something that I miss a lot. Uh, so so this conversation is, has maybe, you know, soothed that just a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Matt, you want to you want to talk about your podcast a little? Yeah, yeah it, a just to piggyback on, on what says, I mean, I think that dining and, and collaborative shared dining is so human. I, I think that we need that. And I just think that as we start going out, and this is my little own personal PSA, and I, you know, as we start going back out to restaurants, I would just encourage anyone who's listening to this, understand that like it's been a long time since people have dined in restaurants. Be nice to the people that are serving you food. Like there's a lot of you know stories that you hear about, you know, things that are going on. We're all relearning how to work, you know, in person. So uh, I think that, you know, I long for that as well. I might be farther down the road given the fact that I have too many kids in my life right now. But I think that uh, we all long to get back out to eat to experience some good food. Yeah. Um, the podcast, you know, it, it's something a colleague of mine at, at Johnson & Wales started a few years ago. It's called Culinary Now. It really just focuses on, you know, anything and all that is relevant in, in, in the food service industry today, whether it's from a sustainability standpoint, a nutrition standpoint, or just good old fashioned talking to chefs about, you know, cooking down and dirty. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, we have some really talented people that come on and it, it's just, it's more fun than it is, you know, business. It's just, you know, so check it out. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes, right, Seth? So yeah, people for sure. Excellent. 
Well, Matt, as always, I'll probably see you soon. But yeah. uh, thank, thanks. Give those kids kisses for me, okay? We'll do. It was really a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. All righty. Right. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time, Carolyn. <laughs>